Is that you I heard milling around last night, or was that a ghost? Me, probably. And a nightmare? Uh, no. Did I ever tell you about Mr. Baldo? Mr. Baldo? Yeah. I was a little younger than you, standing in line for the Ferris wheel at the Rowan County Fair. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, I feel this fat white glove tap me on the shoulder. I spin around, and there he is, Mr. Baldo. <laughs> hey, kiddo, would you like a balloon? <laughs> Go ahead, laugh. It's funny. It wasn't funny back then, I can tell you that. I couldn't get him out of my head. Every night, he would come to me in my dreams. And every night when he came to me, I ran. It got so bad. I made my mom stay in the room with me until I could fall asleep every night. Really? Really. It went on like that for months. And then one day, the nightmare suddenly stopped. Want to know how? How? Well, I fell asleep. And just like always, Mr. Baldo came to me. Only this time, I didn't run. This time, I stood my ground. I just looked at Mr. Baldo in his stupid face and I said, go away, go away! Just like that, he was gone. Never saw him again. Easy peasy, right? Easy peasy. Just like that. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Stranger Danger Podcast, starring me. That's right everybody, it's Friday night, and when I say Friday night, I mean Friday night, okay? 10.30, I want to get this podcast up hours ago, but it's just not the way it's going to happen. It just, it, just, it just can't happen that way, not happening that way, and that's why you're hearing me very late in this evening. By the time you get this, it's probably already Saturday morning for you people. Um, but hello and welcome. And I don't want to waste any more time. Let's get right into it. Right into Stranger Things Episode 11, The Polywog. This episode picks up ex pretty much exactly where the last one left off, uh, left off. Last time, Dustin looked into his garbage. Ghostbusters music played and, you know, he saw something. This time he sneaks uh, that thing into his house, which... To me, the first thing I would have done when I saw it was run. But he, he grabbed it, picked it up, put it in his little Ghostbusters trap, brought it into the house, tried to, 
get by his mom, but his mom is like, Dusty, did you have fun tonight? And, you know, he, you could see he's the, it, it, you could tell, or you, you make, it seems like that it's just Dustin and his mom. And she's very naive, but very loving. And he can kind of manipulate her. Um, because he's just like, oh, hi, mom, how you doing? And he tricks his mom saying that he ribbed the tra- rigged the trap to make it look like that they, uh, he caught a ghost. Uh, but he brings a little creature into his room and he uh, kicks Yertle out of his tank. Yertle the turtle, which is actually the name of a Dr. Seuss book. Uh, and there's actually a cool little, I also noticed an, an E.T. kind of ceramic figurine or bank. I don't know what it was, but um, that was cool to see. So he puts a thing in the tank and uh, it immediately gets out of the light. Like it, it's afraid of the light. It hides in the shade. Um, but he is, um, you know, he's excited because he thinks he's discovered something. Uh, he, he's like, oh, do you, do you like nougat? He throws some candy down. It likes nougat just like him. He looks at the Three Musketeers bar and decides the name of this thing, D'Artagnan. Um, and then that, or Dart for short. But I think he just calls him D'Artagnan there. And then it shows him still in in bed that night sleeping, and they zoom, they kind of pan up to the tank, and uh, D'Artagnan lets out a little roar. That's when the credits start. When we come back, uh, we are in the woods. It's another flashback, and Eleven actually sees um, Hopper going back to that food container. You know, he, so he's at least. He's done it before where he brought the food that we saw in season one. He brought food. uh, They showed him bringing the food in season two. That could have probably been the same time. Um, So we can count that as one. And this, you know, is at least the second time that he's brought back food. So, um, but this is the time where she watches him do it. She sees that it's him and she reveals himself to him. Um, Flash forward back to the present, and you can see that she's still mad at him. You know, she's lying in bed, uh, and she doesn't really want to get up and deal with him. But he talks about a triple ego extravaganza, <laughs> and that makes her eyes bug open. And you know, she's quick to uh, quick to apologize to him. Sort of, she's still pretty mad at him. Um, but they're eating breakfast together. She's trying to, you know, not be angry, and he uh, he notices uh, that the TV cord is was pulled into her bedroom again and uh, he knows what that means you visited him again last night he says he needs me you want me to go check on him i know that you miss him right but it's too dangerous you're the last thing he needs right now you're gonna see him soon and not just in that head of yours. You're going to see him in real life. I feel like I'm making progress with these people. Friends don't lie. What? You say soon on day 21. You say soon on day 205. You now say soon on day 326. What is this? You're like counting the days now like you're some kind of prisoner? When is soon. Soon is when... It's not dangerous anymore. When? I don't know. On day 500? I don't know. On day 600? I don't know. Day 700? On day 800? Shit! Shit! Friends, don't lie! 
you can see that, um, you know, Levin's still angry at him. Uh, and he's being really overprotective. You know, he he's saying that, um, you know, you're going to see him. You're going to see him again. Um, but it seems like he's been saying that for a long time. He's been, he's been saying soon for a long time, and it's getting to 11. Um, and she took it out on him. You know, did some some of her little power, slammed the door, spilt all the echoes all over him. Uh, she's not really happy with Hopper right now. Over at the buyer's house, uh, they're getting ready for work, getting ready for the school day. And um, Bob suggests or decides or asks if he could uh, take Will to school with him. He said he'll drive Will to school. Um, and one thing Jonathan noticed is that Bob was there in the morning, so Bob slept over. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, you know, Joyce was completely fine with Bob bringing Will to school, with the fact that how overprotective she is with Will, um, that she trusts Bob with him, shows how much she trusts Bob and likes Bob. Uh, we have a quick hit of Dustin going over to the library, getting all these books on lizards, on species. He wants to learn all about um, anything he can about Dart. It was a funny uh, exchange between him and the librarian. And it is the same librarian that... Um, dated Hopper, and they mentioned that in the first season. Uh, but he's trying to take five books out. She says, uh, you can only have five books out, and you already have five books out. Um, and he was talking about them being a, a journey of discovery, and these are his oars. I don't know. He's, he's, he, he is... Um, it seems like he feels like he could sweet-talk any adult because uh, he gets away with it with his mom. But he tricks her and runs off with the five books. Um, and then we cut over to Bob and Will in the car together. And that's where we get the audio that opened up the show where Bob um, talks about uh, how when he was a kid, he had real bad nightmares from this clown that he saw at a fair once when he was a kid um, called Mr. Baldo. And, you know, he would have nightmares about Mr. Baldo every, every night. He would sleep in his mom's room and until he finally decided that he wasn't going to be scared anymore. And he wouldn't run. He had a dream about Mr. Baldo. He wouldn't run. He'd turn around and just say, go away, go away. And Mr. Baldo went away. Will, uh, Will seemed to really take to that advice. Might not have been the best, uh, best advice, but it was definitely, um, you know, something that spoke to Will. And the Easter egg that people are talking about is that uh, when Bob was a kid in Maine, he came across a scary clown that he um, was able to defeat by not believing in it and not, and not believing it was real. And that really seems to speak of, or at least reference it. Huh? Huh? So I don't, I, I, you know, as we see that we're not going to get any, any more story of Bob in future seasons. So I don't think we're going to get anything more on that. So it's probably just a fun little Easter egg or really just something um, for the fans to speculate on. But I love that kind of stuff nonetheless. You know, while Dustin is completely consumed with D'Artagnan, um, that kind of leaves Max 
all alone with Lucas so they can spend more time together. And at the school, uh, Max is trying to figure out why everyone is calling them, calling Will Zombie Boy. It doesn't make sense because he got lost in the woods. That doesn't explain Zombie Boy. Um, and Lucas is like, you know, we had a, a, a funeral and everything. She's like, after a week? Lucas did a pretty good job of trying to uh, get around. He's like, there was a kid who was found in a quarry who was so decomposed that we thought it was Will. It's hard to explain. You can ask anybody, just don't ask Will about it. Um, outside the school, Bob drops Will off, and Will just kind of has that, he's like a real tentative walk into the school, and all the kids stare at him. Um, you know, he's, he must hate that, but it seems like just kids look at him, frightened of him, not sure what to think. Uh, inside the classroom, Mr. Clark is talking about the case of Phineas Gage, which is a real person who had an iron rod uh, through an accident, an iron rod shoved or lodged in his head, but he survived, but his personality changed. I'm trying to think, is that foreshadowing, you know, because Will goes through something traumatic, something does go inside him, um, and his personality does change. So that's a, that might be a pretty cool foreshadowing. And Dustin, you know, rumbles into the classroom. He's, um, he's like, he was, again, the way he talks to Mr. Clark, he calls him my lord. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, keep going, keep going, keep going. Uh, but he whispers to everyone, AV Club at lunch, including Max, AV Club at lunch. And finally, Mr. Clark's like, you know, enough. Can we focus here? Meanwhile, over at the police department, Hopper's, Hopper's officers are talking to him about all the rotted crops everywhere. Um, everything they found, uh, they mapped it out, or he maps it out. And uh, he sees that it's all surrounding, like ripples of an ocean, all surrounding this building, which he doesn't say what it is, but it's obviously the lab. Um, meanwhile, Eleven, I like to say meanwhile a lot. Uh, Eleven, um, she's home alone. She's bored. You know? She wants to go out. You could tell she wants to go out. She's looking at these locks, and um, she has a flashback of Hopper uh, taking her to the cabin that they're in now, and he's like, you know, this is nice. It's going to clean up nice. This is your new home. And she's like, home? Um, he puts on some groovy Jim Croce, who I love, and, of course, there's a really cool cleaning montage. Uh, they show the montage. It's You Don't Mess Around with Jim is the name of the song. Um, teaches her Morse code using the CB radio, sets up the TV for her. He builds um, an awesome trip wire using a, a mousetrap and a bullet. And um, he sets up some ground rules with her. Those bad men aren't going to find you. All right, I'm not way the hell out of here. I'm going to take some precautions. There's going to be a couple ground rules. Rule number one, always keep the curtains drawn. Rule number two, only open the door if you hear my secret knock. And rule number three, don't ever go out alone, especially not in the daylight. That's it. Three rules. I call them the, uh, don't be stupid rules. Because we're not stupid. Right? Not stupid. (laughs) 
So, of course, Eleven, she's getting at that age. She's annoyed. She wants to break the rules, and that's what she does. She actually breaks all the rules. She puts up the curtains. She unlocks the doors. And, of course, she goes out on her own, steps right over the, uh, the tripwire and heads out on her own. Uh, over at the school, there's um, it's another moment of just seeing Billy as being a real jerk who really does a weird basketball shot to show off. Uh, but it looked like something that someone his age would do oh, going under the leg. It wasn't very smooth. didn't look very good. But, you know, he thinks it's the coolest thing in the world. He's, you know, pushing Steve around on the uh, on the basketball court saying, you know, you're not the king of the school anymore. Um, and Nancy comes to talk to him, takes him outside. And you can see Steve is just completely cold to her, just basically tells her how she was mean to him that, that day. Um, you know, she was drunk, but he's like, you said everything was bullshit. You said our love was bullshit. And she's like, I was drunk. Oh, really? Then can you say you love me? And she just kind of freezes, and he's like, yep, that's what I thought. You know, Steve, unlucky in love. He just heads back into school. Um, and meanwhile, meanwhile, because uh, this is all taking place at the school, Dustin gets all the kids into the AV club and talks and shows them Dart. His name is D'Artagnan. Cute, right? D'Artagnan? Dart for short. And he was in your trash. Foraging for food. You want to hold him? No. no. He doesn't don't bite. Do. Don't worry. Don't don't want... Want... Oh, God, he's slimy. Oh, he's like a living booger. Oh, oh God. What is he? My question exactly. First, I thought he was some type of polywog. Polywog? It's another word for tadpole. A tadpole is the larval stage of a toad. I, I know what a tadpole is. All right, then you know that most tadpoles are aquatic, right? Well, Dart, he isn't. He doesn't need water. Yeah, but aren't there non-aquatic polywogs? Terrestrial polywogs? Yep, two to be exact. Indurana semipalmata. And the Adenomira andrea. One's from India, one's from South America. So how did one end up in my trash? Maybe some scientists brought it here and it escaped? Do you guys see that? It looks like something's moving inside of it. It's okay. I got you, little guy. I know you don't like that. It's okay. And there's another thing. Reptiles, they're cold-blooded. Ectothermic, right? They love heat. The sun, Dart hates it. It hurts him. So if he's not a polywog or a reptile... Then I've discovered a new species. Show him to Mr. Clark. No, what if he steals my discovery? He's not going to steal your discovery. You know, I'm thinking about calling it Gastonius Polywagus. What do you think? I think you're an idiot. You know, when I become rich and famous for this one day, don't come calling back to me saying, oh my God, Dustin, I'm so sorry for being an idiot back in eighth grade. Oh my God. So Dustin's all excited. He thinks he's discovered a new species. Um, I think he's trying to use it to impress Max. And... Um, you just see Will really starting to freak out because uh, the sound 
he remembered that sound from being in the underground. He remembered that sound from the underground. Um, it was the upside down, but for some reason that completely flipped me over. Um, and I was saying underground. It's upside down. He remembered that sound from the upside down. Uh, now I need to write some rap lyrics for that. Um, plus, it showed him, remember at the end of last season, he spit that little slug up in the... Uh, in the sink, well, maybe it wasn't a slug. Maybe it was the smaller version of this thing, whatever D'Artagnan is. So he's completely flipped, but he freaked, but he didn't say anything yet. Um, so they're probably heading to lunch because it is lunchtime. And uh, at, the, uh, at the, the general store that Joyce works at, Bob shows up to bring lunch to her. Uh, and he talks about, he just, he's kind of reiterating and showing how good of a person he is. Um, of how much he loves or really likes Joyce, really thinks he's getting close to uh, Will. You know, Jonathan's a hard nut to crack, um, but he really likes Joyce. And, um, you know, he just, he wanted to mention that, uh, you know, he noticed that the camcorder was scuffed up. And when he watched the tape, um, he saw that Will was being picked on and bullied by some kids. Um, And he just talked about how, you know, he was like one of those kids that just didn't stick up for himself uh, and, and, and didn't, um, you know, wasn't overly strong and didn't speak out. And he wondered why there were bullies like that who would, um, who would do that, to, who would, who would uh, exploit kids like that and, and pick on kids like that. But he says, hey, look at me in the end. I'm dating Joyce Byers. I'm dating Joyce Byers. To me, that, that line made me think, oh, Joyce was a pretty, was a pretty big deal in high school, um, you know. And he obviously had a crush on her then. And he finally gets to date her now. And he also, quickly, he wanted to say uh, that he loves Joyce because she fights back. She punches back because she was pissed when she heard some kids were picking on Will. So she definitely wants to find out who these kids are. Now, Hopper, um, meanwhile, is over at the lab. And he's telling uh, Dr. Owens all about the crop issue. Grass, crops, trees, everything in this area is either dead or dying, and that's a radius of over three miles. And it all leads back to here. See, these patterns here are really pretty. I like the design. It's almost psychedelic. This is a joke to you, huh? No, it's not a joke. I just, I really, I don't understand what this has to do with me, Chief. Whatever is happening is spreading from this place, from this lab. That's impossible. It's... The last burn was, it was two days ago. It's contained. What if there's a leak? A leak? (laughs) I don't know, man. You're the scientist. Exactly. And I'm telling you, there's nothing to worry about. Convince me. Convince you? Yeah. You and your egghead friends go out there to every area on this map, and you run your tests or whatever the hell it is you do, and you see if anything comes up. (laughs) All right, so so you're, you're giving me orders now? No. I keep things nice and quiet for you. Mm -hmm. And you keep your shit out of my town. That is the deal. I have done my part. Now you do yours. Convince me. What I love about Hopper is um, Paul Reiser does this weird thing where he's like, you give me orders now? And he he just does this shake of the head like, no, that's not how it works. And I thought it was such a cool, I don't know, just a, the way he acted it 
was really like, oh my God, this guy's like, he's, he's not going to be messed with. And Hopper just comes right at him, not intimidated at all. He's like, look, I covered up for all your crap. You're going to get out there and you, you know, you're going to make my, make sure that my town is safe. So find that crap. Convince me what the issue is. I loved that. Back over at the school, um, Nancy and Jonathan are together eating lunch. And um, it seemed like Jonathan's like, yeah, you know, um, because Nancy obviously approached him, you'd think, uh, after what Steve said, to figure out um, what happened because she had no recollection of Jonathan bringing her home. And he's, now I don't know if this was a scene that was cut or if they filmed something they didn't use, which would be the same thing as the scene being cut. But Jonathan's like, yeah, um, you know, he he asked me to take you home. And um, he uh, he was really concerned. He was really worried. He was upset. And didn't Steve just run right by him, walk right by him, and, and didn't say anything? He was just pissed? That's how I remember it happening. So is Jonathan just trying to make nice or be nice or not ruffle any feathers? That's what that seemed like. Um, but you could see that they're, they're having a, they, they bond a little bit about how, how hard it is for them to move on. You know, Nancy can't move on because Barb's gone. Barb's dead. Barb's not coming back and she can't seemingly can't say or do anything about it. And Jonathan's, you know, the fact that Will's back, but he's not the same. We don't, you know, we don't know what's wrong with him. Um, you know, it's, it's like it's hard for them to move on. Um, and she's, Nancy's pissed that she doesn't want them to get away with it, you know, and Jonathan's like, they're all dead. And she's like, you really think they're all gone, the people who did this, who are, who are behind this? She sees a guy with a Walkman, and she has a pretty good idea. Now, Eleven, where we left her, she was off walking through the woods, uh, and she ends up in the backyard of some, some woman, um, and she sees uh, the woman and her daughter, she has a little flashback of a moment, um, which is a, this is a really cool moment, and I just read about this Easter egg right now. So um, it's a flashback of Hopper reading to her. And uh, while he's reading to her, she asks uh, if she has a mother, and he's like, you know, everyone has a mother, but, uh, you know, she's, she's, uh, she's not around anymore. Um, but what I realized is Hopper was reading something that didn't feel, you know, so it was sad because, um, you know, he was like, she's gone. And Eleven wiped away a tear. But Hopper was reading or something that didn't feel like a children's story. Um, but I found what it was. So here's the passage that he read to her. Or this is the, the section of what he was reading to her. I would feel so sad if I was a disappointment to her. Because she didn't live very long after that, you see. She died of a fever when I was just three months old. I do wish she'd lived long enough for me to remember calling her mother. I think it would be so sweet to say mother, don't you? And father died four days afterwards from fever, too. That left me an orphan, and folks were at their wit's end. So Mrs. Thompson said, What to do with me? You see, nobody wanted me even then. It seems to be my fate. So that is from the book Anne of Green Gables. Now, first of all, that passage, pretty depressing passage, um, but it, you know, it talks about an orphan, talked about someone who, um, whose mother died. It, it was just definitely um, relatable to Eleven. But what's even cooler is that Anne of Green Gables, that's what this book is from, is the same book that Hopper was reading to his daughter when she was sick, when they were showing the moments of that in season one. 
I just love that they do stuff like that. And to me, it makes it seem like Hopper. Um, this is the book that Hopper goes to. This is his go-to book. This is the one he reads to his daughter. This is the one he's going to read to Eleven. So I just thought that was uh, a really awesome little Easter egg. Back in the present, the girls, that woman's like, uh, excuse me, uh, young lady? You know, she's just like, school. Oh, it's a mile away, and uh, Eleven distracts them and heads off. Now, Joyce went back home. There was a funny moment. She's um, trying to figure out how to get the camcorder tape into her VCR, but it's a completely different tape. See, when I was a kid, I had a full VCR VHS tape, so I could take them right out of my camera, put them into the VHS system. VHS system, also known as a VCR. Um, but these earlier tapes had smaller uh, cassettes. So Bob was trying to walk her through all the tech. Uh, finally, you know, he, he, he gets her to watch it, or he gets her to uh, figure it out. She just hangs up on him. And she watches the tape, sees the bullying, and, you know, sees some flickering. And she, she sees this white outline, and she freaks. She realizes it looks very familiar. She grabs some wax paper, scratches it out like, like a tracing of the, um, what it was, colors it all in, and looks, and it's the same friggin' shape that's in Will's drawing. Awesome. Back at school, Will finally tells Mike about um, Dart. He's like, listen, i got to tell you something. At the same time, Dustin was just about to show Mr. Clark um, his discovery. And Mike busts into the room and he's like, stop, stop, stop. It's a big prank. Let's go. He grabs the trap and runs them uh, back to the AV club. Um, there's a quick little scene, just a little scene to break this moment up where Billy showed Billy being a jerk, being a jerk again. I think that was the girl from season one he's with. I don't remember. Um, but he Billy ditches Max and drives off with uh, with some chick. And she's like, what about your sister? Uh, he, she didn't say it with a Boston accent. Billy's like, don't say that. It's not my sister. And uh, I noticed when he backs up, he never looks back. That just reminds me of someone who does not care if he hits someone. He just takes off and rips out. Meanwhile, Max is inside the school, but locked out of the AV club. And she's trying to get in. She's trying to pick, you know, figure out why they're not letting her in. She's banging on the door, but only Dustin, Will, Lucas, and Mike are in the AV club because they're talking about stuff from the upside down. Guys, come on. Can I come in yet? No. I don't understand. What do you not understand? Will saw something that looked like dart last year. Kind of, but there was no tail. But then he heard it yesterday. The exact same sound. Why didn't you tell us before? I wasn't sure. So it's a coincidence. Or not. What if when Will was stuck in the upside down... You somehow acquire true sight. True sight? Gives you the power to see into the ethereal plane. <laughs> Elaborate. Maybe these episodes that Will keeps having aren't really flashbacks at all. Maybe they're real. Maybe Will can somehow see into the upside down. So that would be... Dart is from the upside down. We have to take him to Hopper. I agree. No, no way. If we take him to Hopper, Dart's as good as dead. Maybe he should be dead. How can you say that? How could you not? He's from the upside down. Maybe. But even if he is, it doesn't automatically mean that he's bad. That's like saying just because someone's from the Death Star doesn't make them bad. We have a bond. A bond? Just because he likes nougat? No, because he trusts me. He trusts you. Yes, I promised that I would take care of him. <laughs> Just open it already. Holy shit. 
So they know now that Dart has to be from the Upside Down. Um, and this thing is already mutating. It, it freaked out in the box. It ended up um, growing legs, got bigger automatically, and it grew legs right in front of them. And then, then it runs off while Mike's trying to kill it. So Mike did not waste any time, tries to kill the thing. It runs off. It escapes. There's definitely music that is uh, pulling in um, some references to gremlins there. Um, and the thing takes off running through the school. And do you notice Mike just blames Max, like yells at Max, and, and um, Dustin's like Matt and Mike because Mike's trying to kill it, and Dustin wants it for himself because he still thinks he can say he discovered some great scientific thing. Um, this is all going on during the school day, uh, which Nancy and Jonathan seem to have skipped out a little early. Actually, no, they didn't skip out early. They skipped out early to go to Radio Shack because... Uh, after school, Nancy and Jonathan head over to the Wheeler house. Um, they go up into Nancy's room because apparently they don't mind Jonathan being up there. And um, they call Barb's mom. She's like, look, I need to be telling you something. You know, I was, I, There's something I can't tell you over the phone, but I wasn't completely honest about what happened with Barb. Um, we need to meet to discuss it at this time. And um, she hangs up. And you realize she did that knowing that the, they would be listening in. The quote-unquote they, the bad men, would be listening in on a phone call. Speaking of they, or at least the government, Owens, Dr. Owens, is out there in the field with Hopper, and he's out there testing the rot. Uh, he really doesn't think that they have anything to do with it, but he, he definitely finds that it is messy. Um, and he's like, you, you know, Hopper's like, you keep testing. And he gets a call from his, uh, his deputies, and they're like, hey, you know that Russian girl that Murray was talking about? He might not be so crazy after all. Hopper knows exactly what that means. He takes the, you know, gets the hell out of there quickly. And Owens, I wasn't sure if Owens was just watching him or if Owens overheard him and figured out what the hell they were talking about. But um, obviously, Hopper knows they're talking about Eleven. And um, Meanwhile, Eleven makes it to the school. She sees Mike's bike, and she just has this nice little moment of, like, he's in there. He's actually inside the school. Inside the school, the kids are all looking for Dart. And, of course, Mike and Eleven walk right by each other in the hallway. They almost meet. And Mike um, actually goes into the gym and runs into Max. And you can see he just does not like her. Why do you hate me so much? I don't hate you. How can I hate you? I don't even know you. Yeah, but you don't want me in your party? Correct. Why not? Because you're annoying. Also, we don't need another party member. I'm our paladin, Will's our cleric, Dustin's our bard, Lucas is our ranger, and Elle's our mage. Elle? Who's Elle? Someone. No one. Someone or no one? She was in our party a long time ago. She moved away, okay? She was a mage? Well, what could she do, like magic tricks or something? I could be your Zoomer. That's not even a real thing. It could be. See? Zoomer. Mind-blowing. Come on, you know you're on the list. So you see um, Eleven looks in, sees them talking to... uh, First of all, she looks in and sees Mike, and she's all excited that she sees Mike. Sees Mike talking to Max, has no idea what they're talking about, but she is automatically jealous, and she has almost this look on his eye like, in her eye like, uh, a year's passed, and Mike's moved on. But she's still a kid, 
she's still a jealous kid, and she does her little power and pulls uh, Alev, pulls Max right off her skateboard. Um, she says it felt like a magnet pulled her skateboard, and Mike's like, you know, my first thought of Mike was that's powers. Turns around, turns his head, looking for Eleven, uh, suspicious, kind of goes out towards the uh, hallway, but there's nowhere to be found. Um, after Joyce saw the drawing, she ends up calling the school, and you could the people in the office were like, oh, it's Joyce Byers again. She's like, hey, you know, can I uh, talk to, be patched over to the AV club? Uh, they're with Mr. Clark. And the woman's like, Mr. Clark left. Maybe AV club was canceled today. She's like, what? Boom, flips out, turns on her, you know, gets in her car, rips out, heads over to the school. Meanwhile, at the school, Will is the one that found Dart. He's like, I found him. And he's got his walkie-talkie. My first thought, is this a reference to Venkman when Venkman found Slimer? Um, I, don't, I don't know uh, if it is. I, I need to go back. But that's, it just, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw that. Um, but it, it roared. And when it roared, uh, it freaked Will out. Like it looked right at Will and it gave this little roar. And Will freaked out, backed out of the, the, uh, the bathroom. He's just kind of like freaked out, breathes in, breathes out. And then you, like there's a flicker and boom. He's in the Upside Down. And not only is he in the Upside Down, but now the shadow is chasing him, chasing him through the halls, chasing him outside into the school, schoolyard. Uh, back in our regular dimension, uh, Dustin finds Dart. He's like, hey, hey there, buddy. Hides him. Um, hides him under his hat while all the other kids come in, lies about it. They're like, I don't know what Will saw. And Mike's like, where is Will? And flashback, or not flashback, we cut back over to the Upside Down, and Will is running through the school, and then he thinks about what, what Bob said, and he decides to stop running. Go away! When they replayed the the intercut of Bob talking about how he said, go away, just like that with a snap of his fingers, tell me for a second you didn't think, oh, my God, Bob is evil. Oh, my God, Bob made Will stop. Oh, my God, Bob is part of the underground. Bob is working for this giant smoke uh, monster, shadow monster. Because even the second time, even after watching the whole series season, and knowing exactly what I know about Bob, still I'm like, wow, they really make look Bob. Uh, they make Bob look a little evil there. I loved it. Awesome. So I mean, that's the end of the episode. The episode ends with this this shadow monster, uh, with Bob's uh, um, advice really backfiring and being pretty bad, and the shadow monster uh, kind of creeping its way inside of Will, going in his mouth, going in his nose, and boom, the uh, the episode ends. Um. So let's go through the old, what did we learn? What did we learn in this episode? Well, uh, we learned that Hopper uh, believes that the rot caused in all the crop is coming from the, um, 
the lab. He's he's convinced it's coming from the lab. Um, he knows that Eleven is missing. Eleven is bored. She wants to get out of the house. Hopper's been keeping her there. Um, you know, she's been visiting Mike uh, in her head, but not in real life. She needs to get out, and she does get out. And she um, uh, apparently some people are, have noticed that she's out. And uh, yeah, she is uh, angry. Uh, but she sees Mike, but she does not talk to him. I think she's sad. I think she thinks that Mike's moved on, which is exactly the opposite of what it is. So, um, but she's jealous of Max. You can tell that right away. Uh, Dustin is. This is the this episode where you just you get angry with Dustin because he's being a real dum dum. Um, he's he's thinking more only for himself. For the, disco- the discovery of Dart, and he's kind of having an affection for Dart. He's close to Dart. Um, and Dart does seem to respond to him. Uh, we learned that Steve is pretty much done with Nancy, or at least at this moment. He's really pissed at her. Uh, but Jonathan and, her, and Nancy have got the ball rolling on some plan they have to try to expose them, the bad people. The bad men, um, you know. Will uh, we learn finally stands up for against the shadow monster, and it was not a very good idea. Um, we learn that Owens from the lab is not um, does not think that they're responsible for what's going on, or at least he's saying that publicly. Um, but you could. He he probably has an inkling that, that this all has something to do with it, with the gate. Uh, we learned that the shadow monster was picked up on a camcorder, uh, and it is after Will, and it's going to get Will. And, of course, that D'Artagnan is from the Upside Down, and Will is aware of this monster, and Mike is ready to kill this monster, um, and Lucas is just freaked out by this monster. And Lucas kicking in the door of a teacher's uh, classroom while looking for Dart was probably the funniest part of the whole episode. Um, Good episode. Progressed the story along well. Um, Eleven is growing up. She's starting to become more independent um, and less afraid. Mike is still sad. This Mike is tired. You know what that means? That means the episode is over and it's time to go home. Thank you so much for downloading my show. Um, That's all I have for that song since I just made it up and I'm very tired. So what is this? This is Stranger Danger. It's the Stranger Things podcast brought to you by Geek Mentality, part of fansnotexperts.com. So go to fansnotexperts.com to download this show, download any of our podcasts, um, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play, and um, we're on Twitter at Geek Mentality or at Fans Not Experts. This is Stranger Danger, Episode 11 for Stranger Things Season 2, Episode 3, The Polywog. And you know what that polywog is? That polywog is a future. You've already watched it. Damn it, dog. You know, right? But do we really have to fear Dart? Do we really have to worry about Dart? 
or should we really fear the shadow monster? I'm very, very tired, and I'm going to bed now. Good night. Fabs not experts.